So as you know, this week I've been, you know, working on a very sensitive topic, which is it literally hit home like deeply. And I know you hit like so many others out there. So yeah, first thing first is like, what is self-arm? Well, the name is pretty straightforward. Self-arm is when uh, someone hurts or harms themselves. Well, there is like different ways of someone they can hurt or harm themselves. Uh, they might behave in ways that suggest that they don't care if they live or if they die. Uh, they might abuse drugs or have unsafe sex and they, they might binge drink like a lot. You see people that drink like without care or they binge eating or simply starve themselves. This is all like uh, different ways of harming themselves. Um, so the distinction between self-arm and deliberate self-arm cannot be like definitely established because a person self-harming might deliberately be intent to harm or they are not aware that they self-harm is a consequence of their action. Now, let me explain that. You know, for example, I'm gonna explain. Sometimes we see or we know someone who drinks like way too much, or they do like they abuse drugs, or sometimes like they have like you know these people that they like have multiple sexual partners. You know, these behaviors they might be a result of self harm. However, they have absolutely no idea that's what they're doing, the self-harming. So these behaviors are a way to numb the emotional pain. Since we cannot say definitely what counts as deliberate or deliberate self-harm, I'm going to be only referring to the physical self-harm that happens and the types of uh, self-harm can be overdosing like sometimes you know people like they take uh, lots of pills like they literally poison themselves as a uh, self-mutilation self-mutilation is like when they, they use sort of cutting uh burning they use like things to burn themselves like cigarette butts or ash whatever they just burn themselves and uh, scalding is when they use like hot water, tea or whatever. They just like put on their, on their skin just to feel that pain. And also banging the head or other parts of the body, for example, punching the walls and uh, hair pulling and biting. <clears throat> and I've been doing my research and uh, during a national survey published on the gov.uk website in 2014, um, it was found that more than one in five 15-year-olds reported that they have self-harmed. 
So that's nearly three times as many girls and boys. Like 32% of girls compared to 11% of boys. Over the past 10 years, so in 2021, so the over past 10 years, like the rate of self-harm has increased among the teenagers, like it just like rocket high. And um, self-harming behavior was found to be more uh, common in young people living in one parent household. this been linked to lower income households. The studies also have shown that children between the age of five to 10 years old also do self-harming. So we're having like little babies, like the five-year-old, 10, doing self-harming, like they're harming themselves in some ways or others. And the numbers I've seen, like during my research, the whole week I've been doing the research, it's, it's just like, it's alarming, literally. And I've just, I'm just like, I just kept on thinking, I'm keep on thinking about all these people who like have no support. And uh, with, with all the situation that we're in now, you know, that we've been living for the past year, like the lockdown, everything that's happening, the cases of anxiety, depression, like has increased, like all the, all the, all the numbers are there online. So to do the research, you'll see it there. And the children, teenager, young adults, vulnerable people, they literally have no safe place to go. Or to, it just shows that the numbers of suicides has increased and the self-harming also has increased. It's been like a really, really tough time lately and the people with the mental health and hidden disabilities are really struggling to have like that safe place that they used to have now with the lockdown, everything is like impossible. There are several reasons why people self-harm they often cannot explain why especially if the self-harm is a mean of communicating what can be said easily with words or even to process with thoughts um for example i'm going to speak now in the first person it's my own experience um i could not explain or even process the thoughts of like of why all i knew was that inside inside of me like there was like this intense scream of like the shouting like i was begging for help like crying out for help and whenever that urge to cut or burn punching the wall i used to do that quite a lot and biting myself came I would fire it off, but the voice in my head just like kept on going louder and louder and it would not silence until I've done something like then the pain, the pain will go once I did it. (sighs) And then I'll feel that relief at that time. And then, you know, I could cope better afterwards with my day. 
but that was only like a temporary relief because then the hurt would come again so the self-harm can be a way for someone to cope with the painful emotions that overwhelms them so much and uh, this can be in a way of rage sadness the emptiness feeling the fear the grief of self-hatred like you hate yourself so much that you want to do something like gonna punish yourself in one way and loneliness and guilt so the self-harm it was a way of getting the pain out and not having to think about that day sometimes you know that painful memory it was a way of punishing myself or sometimes it was a way of gaining control over my life getting control over my thoughts and getting that control over my feelings like process how i was feeling and for a person to start doing the self-harm is really due to one single traumatic event or experience that causes the behavior to start like i've spoken about on my previous session about traumas the self-harm starts after a combination of uh, multiple traumatic events and the experience that are more closely related to self-harm are mental health problems such as depression anxiety also family problems such as criminality in one of the parents and of poverty and stable growing up for example having the parents constantly absent like you'll be left in one household here one day on the other half another day like you don't have like the stability and the parents are never they always left with other people or the children that normally grow up in um, social care houses and some that have divorced parents or parental problems, constant problems going on around them. So this just disturbs them mentally in one way. And of course, being abused, children that's been abused also do self-harm. The abuse doesn't necessarily have to be, it has to be any kind of abuse, be it sexual abuse, be it sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, any kind of abuse will lead a child to go to self-harm and this self-harming can go up to their adulthood. So being abused or living in an abusive environment such as uh, domestic violence, so all of this will lead to a child to or a teenager to do self-harm. So there are several several negative attitudes around self-harm and the assumptions that are made of why a person is self-harming is absolutely i'll put in my own words disgusting because i remember very well and this was many years ago i remember very well how i was looked at when they found out that I was self-harming, you know. I can remember all the looks, everyone, the way they looked at me, like the look, like as if I was crazy or I was psychotic and like, or I was attention-seeking. 
all those kind of looks like they just made me like withdraw myself completely and i remember clearly the um, of lying like i lied this like just for them to leave me alone obviously i had to tell a lie because i had to go to see the psychiatrist and everything else and obviously i lied because i didn't want to have to deal with that i didn't want to see the psychiatrist give me that judgmental look they want to see my friends at school give him that judgmental look the teachers looking at me different or like a, i used to always hide my arms because no no one to see the scars so i've lied then he came to attention to my mother and obviously that didn't go very well it didn't go that well but yeah i've lied and everyone chose to believe that i stopped and they just moved on and no one like literally thought about it so i stopped doing on my arm and i started doing it in more hidden places like more private places in my body that no one will actually see so the behavior continued but no one like knew i just stopped going to psychiatrists and stuff like that i continued to doing it until i reached to my early 20s then i then I stopped. There are obviously, yes, I do have the scars. Um, there's still scars. Some of them are less visible than others, but there's ones that, for example, there's this one here, it's quite visible. The other ones are not so visible. And um, the one, obviously, I used to burn myself as well when i didn't have access to knives and stuff like that so i used to burn with the incense or cigarette buds or just put my hands on top of light up just to feel that burn whatever yeah but there are myths around the self-harming and might be viewers like some people view as like manipulative act like trying to manipulate yeah but or attention seeking or some people think like teenagers do the self-harming for pleasure or is a group activity or a failed attempt suicide or suicide attempt whatever failed whatever or related to borderline personality disorder all of that is kind of like no they they do not ask they see the scar but obviously sounds like you know when mommy was young mommy got hurt so i still got the scar so they have no idea and over these things here like uh, there are myths a person does not self-harm themselves to seek attention because when someone is harming themselves they do in hiding you know so no one knows um it is a like it is a way to of relieving relief and most and most definitely is <laughs> not done out of pleasure because we don't have no pleasure in doing that people that do the self-harm have no pleasure in doing harm to themselves it's a mechanism cope it's a cope mechanism like it's a way of coping with the painful events or the experience that we've been through so is it a pleasure to harm yourself no definitely was not a pleasure because i remember clearly the scar when it starts like the pain and the deal with that the itchiness and everything else that's not pleasurable 
it was a temporary relief and punching the walls it was not fun to punch the walls it was not fun to go walking in the street and uh, kicking and punching or banging my head on the wall that was not fun it's not fun to see a teenager harming themselves that's not pleasure so those myths i don't know where they get it from but it's definitely a way of coping you know and um there I go again with my, you know, and there, there is actually like so many you can go on the gov.uk. You see information about the statistics, about the service that's been done, about the studies of children that do self-harming and the teenagers. And um, once they're older and then they stand a little bit more, then probably I could uh, talk to them about why and everything else. But I don't think I'll get there yet. <laughs> Not the moment. And for more guidance about these myths and stuff like that, there's actually, the um, you can check out the National Institute for Health and Clinical Excellence. For short, it's NICE. You just type on Google, NICE, and it will come out. There's like the guidance about how to deal with the teenagers or young adults who go through this self-harming. And if you know anyone that did that does that, so in a way to help them. Next week, I'm going to be talking about this a little more. I'm going to have more to talk because this is a very long subject. But for today, we're just going to have this. Do you have any questions for me? I think the last time that I've done it, I was 24, the last time that I remember. And what actually grounded me to stop doing it was becoming, when I became a Muslim. So I found that peace inside of me and um, starting to accept what's happened to me and dealing with uh, with that, and um, I've never viewed myself as a victim to what's happened to me, but I've blamed myself for what's happened. So when I stopped blaming myself and um, started to deal with that and uh, finding that inner peace with Islam, I think that helped and. Um, I never had that urge to do it. And obviously having the children as well and everything else and being now more mentally strong helps as well. May alhamdulillah stop. Uh, no, 
that's like that actually don't cross my mind it doesn't it, it does not cross my mind anymore when before we will be constantly crossing my mind like it's easier for me to go back into the non-eating habits like the eating disorder than the arming one it's more easy for me to go back to not eating than harming myself that's food you're thinking of food at this time <laughs> oh. As I, so ne next week i'm going to be talking about more because obviously the self-harming is a very very vast subject and that there is a lot of things that people need to know about but for today just going to be talk i'll just talk about this for today because i needed to ground my mind because it's getting too much for me but yeah today this is what it is <laughs>